well back for episode 60 welcome to the weekly harvest podcast talking all things brandon Wee kings talking all things in the uh, the whl my name is chris falco director of game day operations community relations with the brandon Wee kings the in arena voice of the team joined with my podcast co-host the radio voice of the team rob man rob how are you this week Doing pretty well, thanks. Doing pretty well, although I'm starting to get a sense of just how crazy things get behind the scenes here with the Weed Kings. A very busy week for everybody, and some of the busiest people on the team's payroll are going to be joining <laughs> us later on. I mean, so two of the busiest ones are already here, yep. but uh, I think we might have a guest today. I don't want to spoil too much too early, but I think we might have a guest today who might be busier than either of us. Yeah, this is uh, an absolutely insane week as training camp has taken over at the arena. Players arrived last week. Last week's podcast, it felt like a bit of a rush. We were having some technical difficulties because everything was happening all at once. This week, we were just as busy, but it's nice that just everything seemed to knock on wood. Works so far. It looks great. It feels, Rob, like we're a lot closer and ready for the season now, doesn't it? It does. It does. I'm glad you knocked on wood there. That felt like <laughs> tempting fate. There was definitely a, a moment bit. of oh, gripping the tabletop a little bit tighter there, but it does feel like this is going to become more more of a routine as we go and the routine right now is a lot of busyness there's more players than there will be for one thing uh, for most of the season you know there's just more physical bodies in the building and for another there's more to learn a lot of these guys are new they're learning who we are we're learning who they are we're learning how they look on the ice what numbers they are obviously that's going to come back around and just a lot of things to go through this time of year that by the time you get to november it's all old hat <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And right now it is not. It is all brand new for everybody. As uh, today, a little bit more, you know, talking about behind the scenes kind of stuff. We had ourselves another bit of a mini media day as some of those, you know, more rookies who we didn't have time to or didn't have the jersey ready in time for last week doing more stuff like that. So, you know, it was very busy around here with us doing those video profiles, doing those updated headshots, getting those players ready. Uh, Rob, I, I don't know about you because you've been in the league for a couple of years too, but one of my favorite things is seeing how nervous that some of these kids are it's almost like this like cute little kid you want to treat them like really i mean this is like you know a whl player you like they're they're here to play but they just seem so young at times don't they when they first put them in front of the camera there are players who won't blink throwing themselves in front of a 90 mile an hour slap shot who won't flinch going into a corner to take a check from a six foot four 200 pound defenseman and who will take all kinds of abuse standing in front of the net for any length of time necessary but you put them in front of the camera and that's when they get nervous i think of a guy <laughs> I mean, you and I have talked about this, and Perry Bergson and I were talking about this too. Ridley Gregg, fearless on the ice. A human wrecking ball at the time he got to age 19. But in his first few years in the league, maybe a little camera shy. <laughs> Just a little bit. He definitely got better as it went on. you know. And that's the thing with junior hockey. Love seeing how those guys progress. For, from those first time on the camera, they, they can't stand still. They're very jittery. They're not sure of what they're even saying with their words. They're inside their own head to what they develop into. And now if you talk to a guy like Ridley Gregg, Rids is fantastic, right? After put the C on the jersey, became more out spoken uh very very intelligent just had to get out of that comfort zone a little bit so yeah uh, we're doing a lot of that with the players right now it's a lot of fun and uh, rob so tell us a little bit about uh, what's coming up in terms of the broadcast schedule for preseason and into the regular season yeah so this is getting to be an exciting time of year for me personally getting back on the mic is is always one of the best parts of the job and it looks like we're going to be doing a bit of a test run for the uh, the preseason game here that's going to be on saturday against regina so we'll be doing a little bit of a test broadcast and that'll be also a something of a knock the rust off broadcast for me but then we're going to do a full radio test on the road and that's going to come next saturday in moose jaw so that's going to be the first time you can follow along with the wheat kings on 101 country and it's going to be great to be able to get that back in action again and then well then the next time the curtain is up the dress rehearsals are done and we're doing it for real home opener on september 22nd yeah so uh make sure to uh to tune on in and uh, for now as uh, we get into the games here this weekend uh, our social media, though, is going to have the coverage for it uh, beginning tomorrow in Regina. Yeah, I'll be in Regina. I'll be uh, live tweeting and hopefully tweeting about lots of Wheat Kings goals. You never know. Preseason is a bit of a roll of the dice, a bit of a dart at the board. You can ice you, know, you can ice a lineup of all rookie guys and have them beat a, a hugely veteran lineup in their own building. You just never know. But it's, it's something that we're looking forward to seeing how the young guys handle their first taste of WHL action. And we'll do our best to give you a bit of an inside look at how that goes. 
in if you're looking for a complete preseason roster about all the players who have made it to this point as well, go on to WeKings.com. It's one of the top stories there, also across our social media. Uh, we sent out a, a email blast to everybody this afternoon as well. So if you're one of our subscribers, you should be able to get in there and check out the preseason roster as everything does begin tomorrow. So it is very busy as we we're talking about around here. We do have a couple of special guests who are going to be joining us, though. A couple of the downstairs guys, both who have their own history with the Wee Kings being alumni. Both went on to wildly different uh, uh, careers away, and then uh, now both back in the fold. So, uh, Robin, a little bit, we're going to be joined with Scott Scooter Halady and Mark Billy Durlego. No joke, I sometimes forget that his name is Scott. Everybody around the building calls him Scooter. I, though I think everybody in Brandon probably calls him Scooter. Probably. I've, I've got to ask about the origin of that nickname. I, would he remember it, do you think? Because it had been long enough that I it's just his finger buried. his name's Scott. You just, Scott's a Scooter, right? Well, yeah. There's got to be. I mean, the, the story for Mark to be Billy is a lot more fun. Like we're gonna get into when we get him in here. I don't know if yeah. you ever heard this, but I actually haven't. So I'm looking forward to hearing this one. Okay, I'm sure okay. Some of our listeners so, are going, okay. Well, where, where do you get Billy from, Mark? Like, how does that come about? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, hint uh, right now. It, it has to do with the last name. But we're gonna get into that uh, once those guys get here. So looking forward to that. Uh, Scooter is a very busy guy right now, and not taking anything away from Mark with the coaching staff. But when you go down into his room and you look at the amount of equipment that he has to have ready for this weekend, not just for a normal sized team, but for this basically supersized preseason roster, uh, him and his staff, they are just going crazy down there right now. Oh, absolutely. In a very busy building, I believe him to be the busiest man. He's got a lot of irons in the fire, and his job is to make sure none of them burn over. Uh, before we uh, go too far, I want to give a shout out to everybody who came on out last night for our uh, Week King job fair. We do this every fall. Just have an open job fair, see who's interested. Had a great turnout last night. Rob, we had. Uh, like over 20 people come on out and want to meet us, find out about the various different roles. Uh, always love that. If you wanted to come out and you weren't able to make it, by all means, you can still uh, drop me an email. It's chris.falco at weekkings.com. chris.falco at weekkings.com. Uh, drop me an email with any of your uh, name and info, and uh, we can go from there. But uh, love the amount of enthusiasm, not just around here, but when you do something like that and you get that person after person coming in and just, I want to help out. I want to be a part of this just makes me even more excited for the season. It's exciting and it's necessary. I mean, game day is a production and maybe it's harder to appreciate if you just, if you go sit in your seat and you're there, you know, right as puck drops and you just watch the game. But there's a whole different level of preparation that goes into putting together a game day production and that requires so many different volunteers and a hundred different roles. You've got the task of coordinating most of them and I know on game days you're, again, we talk about busy people. You've got all these different jobs that you've got to fill and help other people fulfill so it's it's a big production and the more people that come on to help the happier we are the easier things are and it sounds like you got an awful lot of volunteers to help you know people don't really sometimes consider how many people it does take to run a game day and not talking about who runs the concession and from the keystone the ticket takers uh the ushers all very very valuable jobs but just what we need for off-ice officials and production crew and our game crew we have 30 to 40 people every game so there is a you know a massive team of people behind the scenes who help uh, put all this on and I know that those uh, who are coming on out and we're interested and all those who are returning are so excited as we get into these preseason games. We King fans have passed they'll know that typically these games are used uh, not just on the ice to kind of you know gauge talent and knock off the rust but also off the ice uh, so you know we're going to have some new people uh, you know doing the public address announcing so you won't hear me on the mic up there for this weekend or probably next weekend. Different stuff like that as we you know gauge out and just have some fun with that um, but uh, then home opener that's when everything really hits Rob and we are uh, now approaching two weeks away from that day yeah, two weeks out, and it feels Crazy. very real. It really does, and in the best possible way. This is an exciting time. It's only going to get more exciting as we get close, and I think preseason is going to help build that excitement because you've got, yes, some players who cannot make the Wheat Kings this season. They're born in 2008. They're just not eligible for full-time duty. But there are still some battles to be decided, and even within the players who are on the roster, there's still decisions to be made about who's going to fill some key minutes, not only with Nate Danielson gone to Detroit Red Wings camp, and by the way, we wish him the absolute best of luck in that. But also when he gets back, there's still 
slots in the roster that haven't been officially filled yet with Calder Anderson and Nolan Ritchie moving on. That's a lot of power play minutes up for grabs. That's a lot of penalty kill minutes up for grabs. Somebody's going to put their stamp on those minutes during this preseason. And not just Nate, who's off to NHL camp, but goaltender Carson Bjarnason also on his way out to Philly and a couple more players who are going to be heading out in the next little bit as well in uh, Brett Highland and uh, Quinn Manti. So, uh, you know, good, good for those guys. Obviously, it's fantastic experience when they do get to go to NHL camp and when they come back, they just a lot of times they're on a bit of a different level or at least different mindset because all of a sudden they're coming back and they have something to prove and they know where they want to go. They gain confidence from it and I think for some of them there's not only learning from the highest level of coaches in the world, not only seeing what the best players in the world do to get where they are, but also there's a realization for a lot of them when they go to NHL camps. There's kind of this eye-opening moment of I'm not as far away as I thought. The WHL can seem very far removed from the NHL sometimes, but some of these WHL players will go and they'll skate against the best players in the world and they'll say to themselves, you know what, I belong here. And they'll come back and play like it. The example I come back to from Prince Albert, we had a defenseman named Landon Kozier who went undrafted, but he got sent to camp with the LA Kings. They liked him so much in the rookie camp that they brought him up for the main camp, and then he came back to the Prince Albert Raiders. And the year before, he had, you know, four or five goals in 21 games, no assists. That year, he had 18 goals as a defenseman because his confidence, in addition to getting a year older and a year physically more mature and stronger, just took this gigantic leap forward as he kind of realized, okay, the pros are a long ways off, but I'm not out of the contest here. Mm -hmm. There are people here who are at the height of their game, and I'm not that far behind them, and I can push myself and get to their level. And so I think some of the guys that the Wheat Kings are sending to camps are going to come back with that same realization. Well... I know hockey fans uh, would be very excited if that's the case. So it should be, you know, hopefully a great start to the year once those guys get back. But even what with them gone, there is a lot of young talent who is here going to be trying to prove themselves that they can take and and help fill some of that time. So not only filling for those guys, you know, who are gone from last year, but the guys gone for at least the first start of the season here. And we've seen uh, some lines in practice that Marty Murray's been putting together and kind of, you know, seeing what combinations are going to work. One that I am fascinated to see uh, if it remains as it is, and we won't go into too much detail yet, but I will say Dominic Peter and Nolan Flamond have shown some chemistry all throughout training camp and they've been kind of, you know, on the line and off the line as different drills come along, but during training camp they were on the same team and they really showed well together, and I'm wondering if that's going to be a duo that gets a look in preseason. I'm excited for a lot of different duos and different matchups as, uh, you know, the coaches, you can bet in preseason at the beginning of the year, just going to be trying a bunch of different things, right, and just seeing who who works the best together. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that with Mark and uh, and with Scooter here in uh, just a couple minutes as it looks like they're beginning to kind of congregate outside the studio here. Before we uh, get into that, just a reminder for all of our fans who do not have their tickets yet. Of course, season tickets are available and just earlier on this week, they released all the single game tickets, Rob. So starting uh, this past Tuesday, that's now available. So if you wanted to come to the game on Friday, December 1st on Saturday, January the 6th, any game this season, you can now buy your ticket for that game. If you've got one circled on the calendar for whatever reason, maybe you've got a family member playing on the opposing team, maybe you've got an opposing player you really want to see, an NHL prospect to your favorite team perhaps that's coming to town for the first time, and of course with some of the uh, the BC teams arriving here for the first time since 2020, it's going to be a big change for that, but if you've got one game in particular that you've had in mind, now's the moment to come grab your tickets. For a lot of people, I'm sure that game will be the home opener. I mean, that's an event. That's something that you just want to be part of. But for whatever game you're thinking of, come pick up your tickets. And there's still season tickets, of course, you can get. And Flex Packs are back. So for only $7.49, you can get 34 exchange tickets. Great for businesses. This can be done digitally or with a paper ticket. So if you liked, you know, in the old school ways of having that, that book of the paper tickets and you want to just hand them out to your clients or to customers, it's super simple. Or you can do the digital one where you just log into your account and you literally just email whatever game you want. So Flex Packs are back so that is fantastic and we got an update here on the progressive 50 50 which this is going to be drawn for at the home opener 
Rob, you weren't here last year, but we did Progressive 50-50 all tied into the New Year's Eve bash that we did. And the winner took home just under $80,000. It was an absolutely incredible jackpot. And uh, this already, the current pot is over eighteen grand. So as we approach $20,000 in the current pot, and we still got a couple of weeks left, hopefully uh, much like that one in the uh, last days, we'll see that one skyrocket as well. Yeah, the number blew me away when you showed it to me. In fact, we were doing an on-location broadcast a little bit uh, at J&G Homes Arena during the Black and Gold game, and one of the things we talked about was the progressive 50-50 and how successful it had been, and someone mentioned to me before I went on air, yeah, it went pretty well last year. Oh, yeah, pretty well. How was that? Well, you know, uh, take-home was $76,000. Total was over one hundred and fifty. Oh, yeah, that's pretty well. It's a pretty good 50-50. might have uh, sold it a little <laughs> short there, but that's, at worst, that's pretty well. Yeah, so if you're watching live on the YouTube channel right now, you'll see a QR code. You can scan that and go to purchase. But if you're listening to this podcast, super simple. Go to weekkings.com slash 50-50, and it's right there at the very top as well. Progressive home opener, again, as it approaches the $20,000 mark. So hopefully, like I said, that one will continue to uh, to rise up. Uh, Rob, we have got our guests, and it looks as if they are now talking to, is that Marty out there as well, bugging them? Marty and Maltz <laughs> and uh, Billy's in there as well and it's just it's a it's a gathering of the coaches and the staff as well and scooters on his way though he is coming in maybe we can just bring them all in because they're all just you know around hanging out at this time of the night uh as we get scooter and mark in we'll get you guys to kind of scoot underneath there by all means here pick this up and we talk about the new 17 game plans we just talked about season tickets and about uh, the flex packs but if you didn't want to just come to maybe half the season right let's say maybe you are a snowbird and you're going to be you know down south for the second half well you can come for the first half and just pay that Three ninety nine. Same thing with the second half. Or if you are like me and you got kids in hockey and a very busy schedule, you just don't know how many games you can make. Do a split season. We got split A and split B. Also, just three ninety nine, and that gets you a a great mix, basically, of games throughout the year. So you'll get a selection of some of the bigger games. You know, some some random ones here and there. But uh, yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be uh, offering that for the first time here this season. As we now get uh, live back into the studio here on to the the screen and look at this setup oh we got to do the all shot one second here we go there we go hey on the microphone we have now got uh mark wow. billy derlego how are you good how are you we're doing fantastic good uh and scooter just uh right right beside we're gonna get you on mic here momentarily we're gonna talk to, to mark first while he's here uh first of all mark everybody calls you billy around here rob doesn't know why Oh geez. Do you want to go back and then and then tell us the story about how Billy came about? Well, my uncle Bill was a weeking player. Obviously, he's his pictures downstairs there. I'm sure you've seen that before. And uh, I was probably 15 or 16. I forget playing with the midget team, and I just get called Bill automatically. That's how it happened. I came to the Week Kings the next year and Ricky Kozak was on the team and he just naturally started calling me Billy and it just stuck ever since and hasn't gone away. So there you go, Rob. Named after his uncle who played here way back when. It's a short story, but as hockey nicknames go, that's one of the <laughs> deeper stories I think oh, you get. It's, uh, it's pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> now, I got to ask, I don't think I've ever asked this to you, but like, what does the family think about that? I think they thought it was a little different to start, but now it's pretty just... Uh, Pretty natural. I think I got some nephews calling me Uncle Billy now, so it's kind of funny. Well, and the company, Billy's Beef, that we've talked about before. Billy's Beef. That's kind of a play because uh, my wife's dad's name is Bill as well. It's his beef, so ah. kind of a little both there. Two Billies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Mark, let's 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 go back to some of those, you know, first days. You, you, you grew up in the area here. What did that mean when you were coming in, like, your first camp? Coming to weekend camp as a 14, 15-year-old, it was uh, kind of overwhelming. I mean, you grew up watching all these guys. I I remember coming and seeing Ryan Craig and Jordan Tutu, and then uh, the next year you get Ryan Stone and Eric Fair, and you're you're big fans of these guys, and then you're playing on a line with them. So it's uh, it's a bit overwhelming, and you you might not have your best camp when you're kind of a big fan, but uh, you kind of settle in pretty quick, and I uh, I think it uh, went pretty good from there. It's funny, we were talking to some of the younger players today about what it's like adjusting from the U18 AAA level or the uh, the Bantam AAA level to the pace of play. Was there ever a moment where you were having to line up against like a Jordan Tutu or a guy like that and thinking to yourself, oh boy, that's who's across from me at this faceoff? Yeah, a couple times in that camp. I remember Jordan Tutu and he was kind of a, his 19-year-old season, I think he was kind of a man on a mission and it was uh, line up against him at camp. It was like this guy is a, uh, 
days ahead of me, years ahead of me, and I just had to get off the ice pretty quick when I was lined up against him. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to you, I think a lot of WHL players tried to get off the ice as fast as they could when Jordan Tutu was out there. Yeah, I think uh, that was a smart play. I, what was one of uh, your your very first road trip memories? Because, of course, with the dub, a lot of this is about travel, and we're on the verge of the first trip out. What was the first time you remember getting on the bus? First time getting on the bus. I, I actually have no, I think going to Swift, and we had to carry those trunks down a staircase or something like that. Does that sound right in Swift Current? Yeah, it was somewhere like that, and it felt like we were going to, probably kill ourselves before the game even started just falling down the stairs with those giant trunks but uh that was part of the rookie duty and it was all part of the league so it was good it's still part of the rookie duty to this day and remembering your own time as a rookie when you see young players coming into the league and, and getting adjusted to not only the rookie duties but the pace of play the travel and all that what kind of advice do you pass on to them from your own memories just enjoy it have fun with it it's all part of the experience i mean you come in as a young guy and uh you do have jobs you have duties and that's uh, kind of the growing uh, growing up in the league mark you've been with the organization as a player left came back now on the assistant coach for going into your fifth, fifth or sixth year. season fifth, fifth, fifth season. season yep how is your feelings heading into this year compared to the previous four uh excitement on this year i think uh the young guys coming in i think we got some good depth coming in there's uh, some guys pushing for spots which uh i mean isn't always the case you kind of have a roster and a lineup that's pretty much not set but a few spots but i think this year there could be some uh movement up top there and uh pretty exciting to start the year did anybody in particular surprise you coming into camp with just how much work they seem to have put in over the summer or just how big a step they seem to have taken? Uh, right now, I think the standout, Tony Wilson, looks great. It looks like he's taken a step. He's got some scoring ability going on right now. He's kind of got the hot hand in camp. Uh, Charlie Ellick looks great. I think, yeah, I mean, you saw flashes last year. That's a guy who can skate and shoot the puck. Uh <laughs> Roger McQueen hasn't skated much, but when he has, he's looked uh, he's looked great as well. So I mean, those uh, those guys look pretty promising right now. Looking ahead uh, at your road trips, who's got the best road trip meal? The best road trip meal. Well, we love. I got to shout out Saskatoon Sardinias. We love going there. Alex, our guy, always treats us well and uh, feeds us till we're uh, pretty full, getting on the bus. So he he does a great job there. Look forward to that meal all the time. I would second that actually. With Prince Albert, we would stop at Sardinia's on the way on the way down to Moose Jaw, and we would get the pregame meal there. It was always excellent. That guy never missed. No, he's a great guy. He's entertaining and uh, likes to treat us well. I don't know. I guess I'm just hungry because that's what's on my mind right now. But that made it worse because now I'm even more hungry. Well, we could talk so. food if you want. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm hungry too. This is like shopping while you're hungry. It's just yeah. a bad it's a bad idea because I'm gonna get out of here and reach immediately for my phone and start going through takeout apps. Yeah, no, it has been one of those days where I think we've all missed the various meals over the last week. You know, with just the hustle and bustle of training camp, uh, we got Scooter here off mic. We're gonna get him on momentarily. But Mark, just from you and the coaching standpoint, this is a very busy weekend with training camp. You get players who arrive. Even before that, you know, like we got like a couple team functions that are taking place and then right into the camp and media day and now in a preseason. What is this stretch like for you and the rest of the coaches? Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting time. I think it always starts out really exciting. Then by the end of the week, you're kind of exhausted and ready for a little break, but uh, you don't get it. So it's, I mean, you can't be tired now. It's September, but uh, no, it's always an exciting time. And I mean, there's a lot going on. There's guys coming, guys going, going to NHL camp, guys coming back from camp. But uh, I think we're all just really excited for the season to get going and get on our way here. Is it nice knowing that other years when we have guys go to camp, there's big question marks. Are they going to come back? When are they going to come back? You have Nate, who's a top 10 pick, but realistically, with like the Iserman plan, you know he's going to be a long-term goal. You're going to have Nate here this year. Is that nicer as a coaching staff that you can a little bit more plan ahead and not have to think about, oh, what if, what if? Yeah, I think you're just excited for guys right now. They're going to camp. I mean, you got Q and Brett. Barney also going and uh, I think la the year before or last year I think we had nine or ten guys go and it was guys coming and going and you never knew who was going to be in the lineup that night it's kind of a painful process because you got to kind of call guys back call guys up and uh, I think we kind of have our team set this year which is nice when they all get back so uh, that's exciting as well that's great uh, good luck this weekend with the first road trip and uh, so it's in Regina tomorrow 
and you guys are here on home ice uh, on Saturday. Uh, you're going to be behind the bench. Any butterflies at this stage in the career for preseason, or you just want to get going? Always butterflies. Always nervous. Always no. Nervous. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the pod here this week. No, thank you very much. We appreciate it. We're going to get Scooter here just to shuffle on in, and we'll have you take over on uh, on that spot. Uh, Rob, Mark, obviously, been here for a long time. Scooter has been here for even longer, and I know that we got... That was supposed to be a compliment, right? It it was very much a compliment, very much. Uh, Now, different roles, but similar. Scooter, with the hockey ops downstairs, last time we had you on the pod here years ago, we we talked uh, a lot about, you know your alumni days i would love people to go back and hear more about that about how you came up and playing the two sports and how all that went down but now this is the most chaotic time of the year (laughs) before you jumped on we were just mentioning that like with training camp not only do you and the coaching staff have to think about a hockey team but you basically almost have a team or a half or two teams worth of players right now with the coming and going and all the equipment what is that war zone like for you and your guys down there right now well, it's organized chaos, I guess. Uh, <clears throat> having said that, we've done it long enough now that uh, it just becomes a regular routine. But, uh, yeah, like you've got uh, 25 guys in the dressing room. You've got another five or six that are in dressing room three, as we call it. And uh, so keeping track of everything is a little bit more difficult. They don't have all the uh, amenities that they normally have. Normally we run two sets of underwear. Right now we only have one. So... Uh, you know, getting laundry done is gross. Yeah, yeah. it's gross. <laughs> it's, it's it's funny. Like lots of laundry. The the, the day that the they, they kids moved in, the the rink went from smelling relatively nice to absolutely disgusting. Like we forget as a group that we wash their gear. We we cater to it. Like we 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 want the room to smell nice. Whereas at the bantam and midget levels, they don't have that luxury to use big industrial machines to wash and clean things so um we've had a few people come in in the last few days to to tell us how bad the room smells and uh uh, funny story we use our ozone machine and uh, the first day that we used it we forgot to turn it on um so just the fan ran for eight hours and we thought oh geez it's not working and then the second day we got it running properly and it it got better and even i went down there today it's disgusting again so (laughs) So you got your hands full is what you're saying. Uh, yeah, we do. But you know what? It's uh, like Mark said. It's just part of the routine now. It's 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 the regular thing, and uh, we're we're okay with it. I'd rather have the room smell like hockey gear than smell like nothing when we're not in the playoffs. So. Yeah, to put that in perspective, point. by the way, before the players arrived and before training camp got started, the Keystone Center, pretty much all of it, smelled like manure yeah. because we were hosting an ag exhibition out in the back parking lot there. There were, I don't even want to count how many horses coming through at any given time. So if somebody who works in the Keystone Center tells you that the room smells bad, it's bad. It smells bad. Uh, there are stories about that, right? Scooter and, and Billy, like, oh, yeah. you know, player, like players talk about the Keystone smell. Yeah. It's not just weaking players who know what that means no it's not it's uh, every visiting team that comes in and even when we think it doesn't smell they come in and they're like oh my god this place stinks why does it stink so bad and i was like well i know billy when billy and i played like i can remember the hitching ring having horses you know horses cows bulls whatever else right up to the back of the room while we were playing like it wasn't like it is now where they're at the far end at the Canada Life Center or whatever they call it down there. So so we, we actually got dressed with them. Like we so we, we could actually go out and touch them as we came out of the room. <laughs> so I mean it is they're different. giving fist bumps to fans or going by yeah. you got bulls Hoof and bumps. cows and horses. Yeah, yeah the bull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no bull. Good luck. Good yeah. luck. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. That would take the head bump to a whole new it level. It would, it would, yeah. you know but so so yeah, so things that things have changed. Uh like, I think we have a pretty good visitors room and uh, you know those teams come in and they say like oh this room's awful it stinks so bad and I'm just like oh this is perfect you know advantage us but you know and they they almost say it half joking though and like even now like we're kind of half joking about it it's that's just the smell of what egg is and now of course yep. we are in an egg building and there's going to be lots of egg events um, and we're not the only building who of course you know has to go through that but uh, it is a fun little thing about the Keystone almost it is for sure and the Keystone does such a good job of turning the building around so fast when they when they need to so um again like today they the horses are back so like they're up into where the old laundry room was they've they've got horses again
again. So, you know, teams are going to come in and, and again, it's advantage us because they get to smell it and we're used to it. And, you know, it's funny, the kids from BC, when they come, they always complain about it the most because that's not like they don't have that out there like we have here. So it's something there that they learn about uh, and have to deal with as, as much as we do. So. It's like a field trip, but it we is, have to yeah. leave the building. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, we're going to take you to the farm. Let's yeah. just walk out the dressing room and <laughs> let's go up here. <laughs> we're talking about BC kids, though. You know, If they're coming in January, I don't know how much they want to walk out of that dressing room. I no. don't think they want to go outside at all. Yeah, yeah, very true. Speaking of quick turnarounds, we are coming up on the first bus trip of the year. And when you're dealing with young players who've never been on a WHL bus trip before, what kind of things do you have to say to them before they step on the bus? What kind of things do you have to remind them of when it comes to loading, for instance? Well, I, we had a meeting with our young guys today and I reminded them that they're going to have to load the bus and there's going to be a couple of veteran guys that'll show them how to do it. And it's like going to school. They got to learn how to do it. There, it's a, there, there is a, there's a way to pack and there's a way not to pack. So uh, they're going to learn. Our, our, our first year guys from last year are, are still what we would call uh, young guys. So they're going to teach them how to do it and they're going to pass it on to the next group of guys. And you know, we've got, we have one 14-year-old still. We have a couple 15-year-olds and some 16-year-olds that probably didn't do that in midget or bantam. So uh, we pack heavy, um, obviously, because we travel more than most teams and uh, just the way we do it. And they're going to learn it now. And then they're going to get on the bus and they're going to learn that they sit at the front of the bus and the older guys get to sit at the back. So it's always a process. It's fun to watch. Like... You know, I sit, you know, three or four rows in and Billy and I kind of get a chuckle as the young guys come in and they might sit in the wrong spot when they get there and then they get moved and then they get moved five or six more times and then we have to say, okay, you know, everyone settle down and sit down in your seats. It's just like going to school. <laughs> so, uh, Billy, off mic, how long the first fo- road trip before Scooter's going to be snoring? Oh. You get to Verdon? Verdon, yeah. If you're lucky. Yeah. 40 <laughs> minutes. If you're lucky. If you're Rob, there's one thing you got to continue, and that is the old tradition of uh, me getting snaps of scooters snoring on the bus. Yeah, I don't snore. I don't know what That's it is with, with training staff. This was true in Prince Albert, too. Not so much Puff, but he had an assistant with him that came on the road with us last year who would be sawing logs before we got to Saskatoon, and I mean sawing. This guy had a power saw going. Yeah. And well, it was... One up them. One yeah, up them, yeah. I can probably okay. one up them. I've, yeah. I've got my threshold, so now we yeah. know what you have to beat. Well, but it sounds like it sounds like you're a contender. I have an apnea machine, but I don't typically use it when I'm on the bus because it's it's a lot. Like, well, like I'm a legend when it comes to making a bed on a bus. So, like... Um, I get comfortable and I can fall asleep. Like, I, like there's days I'm asleep before we get to Kemney probably. Yeah, so like I, it's an art. Uh, so yeah, it, you'll, you'll get to experience it tomorrow. I can't fall asleep in my own bed after yeah, lying for half an hour. The fact that you're able yeah. to do this on command on a bus, that's talent. That's what that is. It is. We could do we could do a story on like where where did Scooter fall asleep today? <laughs> that <laughs> might be a new get, social media thing. Tell you what, let's, let's, let's get Flipper in here, and we'll get Sleep Country Canada on board, or the Brick, or something <laughs> like that, and we got a sponsored segment. Perfect. You're a genius. <laughs> we got that. Uh, Scooter, good luck. Thank you for coming and doing this. Uh, as we record this, it is now just past six o'clock, and you guys are uh, hitting the road tomorrow to go to Regina. What time do you actually pull out of here? I think just after one, yeah, guys will skate. Uh, so for for uh, for the staff, we'll be here early. To, these guys will prepare their... Let me kind of tell people, like, so, like, what does your day look like tomorrow? So you're going to be going to Regina for a game. What do you do as you wake up and get on in? So well, for, for me and Zach, it'll be trying to get here between 7 and 8, probably. we got to get skates ready for practice, pack the trunks, that sort of thing. So while they're practicing, I, I don't typically watch a lot of practices. I'll catch the tail end of them. We'll get all the trunks ready. We've already started pushing them out because, again, we haven't played since March. So uh, get those ready, and then uh, they'll practice. Quickly throw some laundry in, turn that around to get it ready to go on the road, pack the jerseys, uh, show the guys where everything is that they need to throw on the bus, and then we'll give them a few extra minutes tomorrow to, to learn that a bit of that. So uh, like we said, load by one fifteen, and we're in Mooseman an hour later. Uh, have a quick bite to eat and... And then most guys will settle in and uh, do their thing and get ready for the game. So, And then they usually wake up just as we're arriving into Regina, change into their suits. And then, like I said, then, then it all starts all over. Like for the older guys, it's routine. 
for the young guys. It's all new to them. So it, it's, it, like I said, it's kind of fun to watch. I was thrilled, by the way, to find out that on the way to Regina, we stop at a place called the Red Barn in Mooseman, all-time favorite restaurant. We were talking about favorite meals on the road. I mean, that's got to be on there. It right? is. They're fried chicken. Like I, I, that's I, what I'm getting. Yeah, yeah. We're we're fried chicken buddies here. So, uh, but like their pasta, their all their meals are great. Uh, similar to what we have when we go to Elkhorn, uh, it's a great meal. It's something that we always look forward to and. Uh, it's just one of those things. I remember it when I played first that, time. That meal has come up on the podcast now. This is episode 60. I bet you it's come up in at least five of the podcasts minimum. Yeah, I like People this, talk about the Elkhorn meal. The soup that's too hot to touch, but it's so good. You still try it. And then at the end, the cake. The cake. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, and like the turkey and the stuffing. That just helps the I'm snoring. St- I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to, like one day, I'm not kidding, when you guys do that, I want to follow the bus just to join you for that at Elkhorn, and I'll come back home. I yeah. just, I want <laughs> I want to go and enjoy that because I've heard so much you about that. You might need a nap before you come home. Okay. <laughs> Does Elkhorn sure. have a good like a good resort for you to like put your feet up at somewhere for no. an hour and just? No, it's the rink. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got I got I got family there. It'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, Let's you're go set. Visit them. We'll go yeah. visit them. Yeah. Samheim Farm. I'm coming. We're coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scooter. Good luck tomorrow with all of that. Mark, Billy, good luck with all of that tomorrow as well. Uh, we'll uh, try and catch up with you guys uh, now that the pod is back early on in the season. We'll talk more about some more like fun stuff that the season gets underway. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Okay. Thanks for having awesome. us. Hey, have a safe drive Great tomorrow. To on, good guys. luck there. Uh, as the guys uh, leave the studio, our big thanks to Mark, Billy, Derlego. It seems too weird to, 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 to actually call him Mark. It just sounds weird. And the same thing with Scott. Oh, we never asked him. But off, off mic. We just figured that, that Scooter was just because of Scott, right? Uh, well, just Ken Schneider when he lived with us. Ken Schneider. Oh, so he just came up with Scooter because of uh, something else? I, or? I scooted around the house all the time, and I really didn't sit still a lot. So it, You scooted around the house. Yeah. I could, actually, I could kind of see it because you're, you're a busy guy, and we talked about it. Yeah. And while you're sitting here even, you got, like, the twitchy left leg because you're so used to being <laughs> mobile. Yeah. 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 I should be 150 pounds. Tweak. Yeah, scooter tweak. Okay, okay. good to go. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. I really thought it was just Scott See, would be that a scooter. was my first thought, I really too. Thought although it would be like that. Now that, I know Ken Sh- now that I know Ken Schneider was involved, that makes so much more sense. I've met Ken a few times uh, from his time as an assistant coach with the Regina Pats. One of the best guys to talk to in the business. Just a gem of a human being. So knowing that he was behind that, it does make some sense. <laughs> there you go. Uh, those two guys are some of the like favorite co-workers I've had. They are oh. absolute beauties. Uh, really got to have them back on once we have more time and once they're not in a rush. I mean, it's now, like I said, just after 6 o'clock, and they've got a lot. They they have kids. They have families. They're going home. They're getting ready before that first road trip tomorrow. And, of course, then we got the game here on Saturday. But I uh, appreciate their time immensely for taking the 20 minutes and talking to us. As they get set for Regina tomorrow, Rob, you're going to be there helping cover some of our social media for us. And then on Saturday, we get to dust off the cobwebs. We get to get some things working back here. And we get the first taste of Wheat King Hockey versus an opponent jersey since that game in March. When the puck finally drops, even though it's just a preseason game, there's just that... Well, maybe mental, maybe outright physical. Just sigh of relief. Just that feeling of, okay... We're started. We're underway. We're ready to go again. And I can't wait for it. And there's going to be a couple of local connections uh, possibly playing, uh, you know, either tomorrow night or on Saturday. Uh, Two names that I know off the top of my head without uh, doing any research is Cole Temple. Who a local product here in Brandon? Uh, one of the one of the stars of the U18 AAA program. Uh, he was like a, a a top six, top five pick who went to Regina uh, two years ago. This would be his uh, rookie eligible season. Looking for big things uh, for Cole Temple at a camp, and then uh, Wyatt Stitton, uh, who's also a Manitoba product, uh, who was drafted uh, by the Pats. And uh, word is, I've heard through the grapevine that uh, he's probably been playing here on Saturday because he's got family coming in to come and watch him. So uh, a couple of uh, Manitoba connections and. I know there's more than that, but uh, it's always, you know, that time of the year, it's nice to see those guys come on in, play in front of their friends and family, even when it's an opposing jersey, and then, uh, you know, kind of get kind of get that first taste of the rivalry. And I would look for Regina to come out gangbusters the next couple nights for a couple reasons. One, the veteran guys want to prove, as they did at Christmas last year, that that team is more than Connor Bedard. 
they wanted to prove that there was more to them than 98. And when they brought that effort that matched that desire over the Christmas break while he was away at the World Juniors, the team actually was able to give some teams a, a pretty stiff test despite missing their pretty much unquestioned best player. The other thing is, okay, Bedard's gone, Sposal's gone, Suze Delev's gone, and then you got three graduating 20-year-olds. Pretty much every important minute mm-hmm. on that Pats team is up for grabs. You want to play on the power play, you want to play on the penalty kill, you want to play with the net empty, up a goal, down a goal, whatever it is. There are minutes on that team that were being filled by players who are not here anymore. Every single opportunity on the ice, every meaningful minute of hockey is up for grabs on the Regina Pats. Tanner Howe's pretty much locked into his spot, but you look at the number of players coming up behind him, both rookies and veterans, those guys want to prove that they can fill the void left by your Bedards, your Sposals, your Suze DeLevs, your 20-year-olds like Janelle Bateman and Brown. There's a lot of ice time up for grabs in Regina, and I expect players to play accordingly. Uh, Shout-out to Riley Janelle, who was former Brandon Weeking former Moose Jaw Warrior, former Regina Pat, who uh, was just announced not too long ago this afternoon that he signed in the ECHL with Rapid City. Yeah, and he's he's a big body. He's got decent touch around the net. He, you know, he could do very well out there. So hopefully that's the start of a long pro career for him. Uh, I was a, a big fan of, of him personally, really like Riley. We used him for a number of our videos as our host. He was a great host. He had great <laughs> character. Uh, he had a lot of fun with it. Could put a microphone in his hand. And he was one of those guys. We're talking about earlier guys who weren't ready for that. He was always ready for it. He wanted to be on camera having fun. Uh, so all the best to him. I love seeing that news. Love seeing good people who get to, you know, chase their pro hockey dreams. So... Good good news for him. I uh, want to mention a shout-out to Greg Drennan. Last week, I noticed Greg Drennan is one of the most respected, long-time WHL journalists. He left writing the WHL for a little while. He was doing uh, things to do with the organ donation and uh, with the with the Liver Society and uh, did some, some great work. Decided to come back and was writing again for the WHL, keeping people up to date in junior hockey. I read in his uh, blog last week that once again, he's going to take a step back. He's not sure when he's going to be coming back in again, but I know Rob, uh, uh, me, you guys all across this league, nothing but respect for Greg Drennan. We have leaned on his information and his insights, not only on this podcast, but I can go back to my radio broadcasts in PA and, you know, even articles I've written. It, it's been something that's... It's it's hard to imagine a league like the WHL without the input of guys like Greg, just because they cover the game so passionately and so thoroughly and so respectfully that you can pretty well rely on what they print. And I think, you know, to, to expand on that, we've got a guy here in Brandon and Perry Bergson who I would have in, in the same category, and I think a lot of people would afford the same level of respect. And the coverage necessary for junior hockey to kind of punch through that 24-hour news cycle and through that constant switching of information that we all of us have in our hands at any given moment you need guys like that to really bring the league to the forefront of the information cycle and to do so with class and uh, we hope to see greg back as soon as possible in that way well and if there was ever a guy that you're going to consider to be like the bob mckenzie of tsn nhl for the dub and for western junior it would be a guy like him so uh yeah greg all the best um if you are happen to be listening to this uh Hopefully everything is all right, and uh, we'd uh, you know love to hear from you again in the future. Uh, for the Brandon Wheat Kings coming up next, Rob, we talked about this weekend. The next weekend, we got two more preseason games. We are here at home Friday versus the Moose Jaw Warriors. Then we are in Moose Jaw on the Saturday before that big home opener. Next week here on the pod, we are going to go into more details. But this week, we are going to announce, we're going to let it slip, that the home opener is going to be a lot more fun than just home opener, because we are going to have a tailgate party. There you go, talking about food again. <sighs> so you're, you're killing me right now. I'm but looking at the th- list, I was like, I gotta talk about this. But it's gonna but be so it, good. For good reason, it's gonna be a ton of fun. And, you know, Regina's gonna be back in town, those local connections on the opposing team will be back, and the Wheat Kings are gonna have developed a bit of a dislike for them by then, I'm sure. Not that much needs to develop. Some of these players have played against each other an awful lot over the last few years. But it's a rivalry, it's now the Wheat Kings' closest geographical rival, and it's opening night. All the more reason to come out to the rink. Well, a few years ago, we did a fan survey, and we asked fans who we thought the Wee Kings' biggest rival was. This is before Winnipeg came, you know, came back around the league. And it was a 1-2 finish between Regina and Moose Jaw, which d- does make sense just for, you know, how, how close it was. Uh, but very close in third place 
with Saskatoon. So I, I, I really think as any division rival, people just want to see the Wheat Kings play. But of course, the rivalries are truly made when you get into the playoffs and stuff like that, and it carries over year after year. But uh, you're right, though. It's all going to start fresh for a lot of kids here coming up the next two weeks. To that end, I think you give that question again in three years, Prince Albert. I think you're going to see that on there. The two teams are coming up at the same rate. They had a dead even and completely nasty season series last year. Give it three more years. They're going to be on the list. Uh, it could be a whole lot of fun. It could be a whole lot of fun. Uh, Rob, is there anything else this week you wanted to pass along? No, the preseason has already started for a couple of teams. I know the uh, the Raiders and Blades played on Big River First Nation just yesterday. And, of course, the, uh, the Hurricanes and Tigers have kicked off their preseason. We're into that time of year. We're starting to see what rosters are going to look like. But it's really going to be next week that we get a sense of how teams are building up for the season ahead. And this is just excitement building on to the excitement we've already talked about the last couple of podcasts. It just keeps elevating as we go. And it's only going to get more exciting as we close in on the home opener. Absolutely. As for community events coming up this week if you would like to see some members of the team and join us this saturday it is or sunday rather this sunday morning it is the 20th annual wagatail walk for the brandon humane society this walk every year rob is one of my favorite things this has been like our unofficial kickoff to the community event calendar this is this well this is my 10th season and i think we the weekend has done this though for like all 20 years now we have like half the team about 10 players are going to show up and they take over the barbecuing so they cook up all the hot dogs uh it's a whole like a whole free lunch it's all fundraiser for the humane society but they always have great you know uh, uh cookies and muffins and coffee and all this baking and it's just a big community event and filled with dogs and puppies and everybody bringing their dogs out for a walk so if you have a four-legged friend and you want to join the Wee Kings, Wagatail Walkathon this Sunday, it's happening at 10am until noon and it's happening at Kin Park Kin Park is the park that's just south of First in Richmond. So kind of like where like, like the, the new Tim Hortons is right there, and there's the water park. Uh, it's, it's right there. It's the old location. For a couple of years, they moved over to the Riverbank Discovery Center, but back to Kin Park this year. So Sunday morning, beginning at 10 a.m., all the week, or 10 of the weekings, Willie will be out there. Uh, I'll be out there with my dog. I know a lot of the staff, uh, but it's going to be a whole lot of fun, Rob, coming up this Sunday. That one's been circled on my calendar. If yeah. there's puppies involved in an event, I, I want to be part of it. I just, I, the, the other details don't concern me. You know, don't uh, don't worry about that. Just cookies, are gonna, muffins. No, you know, no. Okay, great. Nice little add-on. I'm going to be busy with puppies. That's I'm going to be too busy trying to make friends with every single one of them. <laughs> the hard part is going to be convincing myself not to take them all home with me. Well, and that's the thing. The Humane Society, they do bring some of the adopted dogs out and then people could walk them as well and I'm telling you there's been a few years that if I already have my dog I'd be like ah, I'm going to add another one because they're just that's they're gonna fantastic be but, that's uh, going to be really tempting by all means people come on out and be a part of it it is a whole lot of fun and uh, that is our unofficial official kickoff to the community calendar which again this year Rob I, I was starting to set up some of these dates we are always one of the top teams in terms of the hours that we give back in our community between the events like this that we do uh, at various uh, businesses between the minor hockey ambassador program that we have, our Read to Succeed program, working with Samaritan House and the food banks. We Kings always extremely active in the community, trying to do our best to give back, and uh, this year is going to be no different as uh, the calendar has already started to fill up here for the fall. Ultimately, in the WHL, you are developing people more than hockey players. You'll be a person longer than you'll be a hockey player, no matter how far your career takes you. And getting guys out into the community is one of the first steps in that. So the Wheat Kings can take real pride in what they do in the community, and it all starts this Sunday. That's exactly it. I love seeing all of our uh, former guys, you know, who we talk about, uh, you know, go on and use the scholarship foundation who aren't going to play pro hockey to become professionals in the community. They move back here and they become, you know, staples. And it's just so great to see. We we're talking about that earlier today. Uh, our uh, our liaison, Jeff Hode, that just happened to be in the office here. And uh, Jeff Hode played for the Wheat Kings back in the 90s. Uh, now a very respected member of the Random Police Service, but between police officers and firemen and dentists and doctors and lawyers, the Wheat Kings have them all in their alumni. It's an impressive list. So if I ever get in trouble, 
I, mean, like I don't any, think he's going to help you out, though. Well, like any kind of trouble. I mean, we've got legal trouble. That's I mean, true. if my house go. is ever on fire, I don't, just to be clear, don't call the Wheat King's office if your house is on fire. We can't get you in touch with the alumni that quickly. Yeah. But there's a chance that a Wheat King comes to help. Uh, it's going to be a very busy year with that, but looking forward to it again because that's one of the absolute best things besides the hockey is just seeing the difference that these guys can make in the community. So hopefully we'll see you out there at Kin Park this Saturday. Uh, before that, though, we really hope to see you out on Saturday night for the per- first preseason game as the Regina Pats are in town. And then again, that final one next Friday versus Moose Jaw before the home opener. And I promise that next week on the pod, we're going to get into more details regarding that tailgate. Uh, we're going to release uh, all the little details, but I just I had to tell you this time just to plan ahead that day for home opener beginning at uh, five o'clock that day a couple hours before there's going to be some fun happening here at the keystone so will there be puppies <sighs> maybe okay good maybe. enough for me i'll talk to humane society <laughs> we'll figure that out we'll get barry or perry to bring uh, fred and barney around how adorable is that? Well, I load up this song here. Why don't you quickly tell that story? Because oh, it's hilarious. Yes. We gotta tell this really we quick. We gotta throw so, Perry a little bit under the bus here. Yeah, he, you gotta tell the people, the listeners, about the story about what Perry thought he was getting yeah. in his dogs and what you and me actually saw. So <laughs> Perry stepped out to the Humane Society. He actually met somebody from the Humane Society during uh, Kelly McCrimmon's trip to Brandon with the Stanley Cup, and was told that there were some Pomeranian cross puppies available for adoption, and Perry adopted two of them. And I took one look at the photo he showed me, and this was when they were still very young, mind you. And uh-huh. you and I both looked at this photo, and we said the same thing. Instantly. I don't think those are Bomberanians, Barry. Like, look at the ears. Look at the legs. These, these, are, these are German Shepherds. Like, there's at least 50% German Shepherd in there. And he was told they weren't going to get to be more than 30 pounds. I think they might be that already. They must be. We yeah. met uh, Fred and Barney, named after the Flintstones. Great naming on Perry's part. I shouldn't expect anything less from him. But we uh, we met them, and it's immediately obvious, oh, those are German Shepherds. Those <laughs> are German Shepherds. Even, I don't know if they have any Pomeranian in them. <laughs> the mom looked at a Pomeranian once. That's about the extent of it. These <laughs> are Shepherds. These are Shepherds, and they are going to be great, big, happy dogs. They're already very inquisitive the way puppies are you know they need to check everything out they're very curious about the world they're very friendly so um i'm thinking next time we get perry on the pod because we are definitely going to do that at some point he's a local authority on the weekings um some supplementary guests I would love to talk about the puppies with him. Those those things are so cute. Absolutely. But uh, Adorable. absolutely hilarious that if anybody can 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 handle the chaos, <laughs> I hope Perry, that is the Berkson household. Yeah, Perry generates as much chaos as anybody, so he can he can handle it. All right, everybody, that's gonna do it for us this week. Uh, we gotta go get some rest because uh, you know, Rob, I've uh, like Scooters, this isn't the time of the year to be tired, but we worked all through the long weekend. We had camp the Saturday, Sunday, long weekend Monday, right back here through, and then working through this weekend as well. So it's now uh, supper time. We're obviously hungry. Yeah, <laughs> we if you couldn't stop tell. talking about food, uh, that it's time for us to go and get uh, go and go and actually eat something, get some rest, and then uh, we got a big day tomorrow. It's Friday of the first preseason game, so it's time to go get it. Absolutely, couldn't be happier to be seeing some hockey again. Awesome. Have yourself a fantastic week. Thank you so much for listening to episode 60 of the Weekly Harvest. For Rob Man, I'm Chris Falco. We'll talk to you again next week. Cheers. 